Welcome back to Sports Headlines. If you guys are new to the channel, make sure you guys like, share, comment, and subscribe here on YouTube and follow us on our social media platforms as well. Uh, they'll be down in the comment section below in the description. Um, yeah, we have some big stuff for you guys, so it will pretty much only be available on our social media platforms. So make sure you guys follow us there. We have a special guest for us here uh, from the Guilty as Charged podcast. Link will be down in the description as well. Make sure you guys show, go check them out. We have Steven from the Guilty as Charged podcast. Welcome to Sports Headlines. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, of course. Happy to be a part of the show and uh, excited to talk some football today. Yeah, so really quickly, really quickly, for the people that don't listen to your show, can you like give them a brief description of what your show is or what it's about? Yeah, so we uh, we launched back in January. Uh, we've been uh, each of us have been writing for Bolt Beat uh, for the last few years, and then we just decided to to join up and do a podcast. Uh, it's been going really well. Uh, we almost exclusively just talk about the Chargers stuff and how everything around the league happening has been related to the Chargers. Uh, you can follow us at GC Podcast Seventeen on all social media platforms. Uh, and yeah, it's just been a, been a blast to get together and talk some football with uh, some good friends of mine. Yeah, so that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about some charges right now. My favorite team. Ignore the the color scheme. Yeah, that's, that's a Bengals jersey, isn't it, Sean? Yeah, ignore ignore the color scheme. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, so let's talk about the Chargers. Warner, do you remember where we ranked them in our power rankings list? I think they're like eleven, maybe twelve. Yeah, they were um, certainly up there. I actually have the list right here. They were definitely top 16 um, on our list. We had them as the, I believe, the 13th team, uh, 12th or 13th team. So, um, as, as you can tell from that, we believe in them. I, I think they got lots of talent, but we'll see how they put it together um, this upcoming season. Yeah, so, Steve, if you like to start us off here, what are your thoughts about, like, the Chargers team and what concerns you the most about uh, I'm really excited about the season. You know, I think a lot of people are undervaluing what Tyrod Taylor is going to be able to do for this team and, and just, you know, kind of launch the Chargers into the modern era of NFL football, which is having a mobile quarterback and being able to do those things. No disrespect to Philip Rivers. You know, he's an all-time great. But, uh, I think Anthony Lane has wanted to have some mobility back there and be able to do some things like he did back in Buffalo for a long time. So I think he's he's – Really excited to have Tyler back with him and and, and starting. Um, I love the defense. I think the addition of Chris Harris and Linval Joseph are going to be great. I love the draft pick of Kenneth Murray. Uh, but I think, honestly, everything's going to come down to the offensive line play. Brian Belong and Trey Turner are great addition. But if either one of them goes down, it's going to be back to the same Chargers offensive line situation, which we've seen over the last few years is, is not pretty in. Uh, God forbid Trent gets back into the lineup. I think that would be a, a scary thought again. Yeah, um, I think just to jump right into it, the most controversial part about this team, I think, would be the quarterback situation. Uh, you all drafted Justin Herbert with the sixth pick uh, in the draft, which, you know, that pick basically signifies that you want him to be your franchise quarterback for years to come. But you mentioned Tyrod Taylor being the starter. So how do you think that's going to work out um, in the quarterback room? I was not – High on Justin Herbert going into the draft process. Thank I you. think that uh, physically he's got all the tools, and it, it's weird because he's so smart in the classroom set, but on the mentally, and I really felt like he had put all the things together. You know, maybe that was coaching, maybe that was just like a lack of the coaches trusting him to uh, to open things up. But 
you know, I Taylor should this season, especially now when there's no OTAs, there's a I think Tyrod Taylor will start for 2020, and I think he has earned that right. You know, he he's a veteran quarterback, and he – I don't think Justin Herbert is ready to come to the NFL right away and start. I don't think he's Joe Burrow. I don't think he's Tua who can just come in and immediately start and have, have some success. I think mentally he needs time to adjust more so than physically because he has all the tools. You know, he fits what they want to do with the mobility aspect. He's got a really strong arm. His accuracy is okay – you know, I feel like he's either really accurate or he throws it five yards over the head of the, the receiver. Yeah. So he's got some issues he needs to work on. Um, but if they can develop him, you know, then, like I said, he's got all the physical tools. So there's definitely a lot of upside there. Yeah. Um, in Oregon, they threw a lot of screen passes and a lot of quick quick throws with uh, one read necessary. So I think you're right. Right. It's in that he was playing and uh, didn't allow for him to grow that much. And um you know, those are some valid points about um, Tyrod Taylor as well. And flashing back to the Bills, he actually didn't have a bad season for him. And I believe they either made the playoffs or almost made the playoffs uh, with him starting. So I think that's going to be interesting um, with him, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Hunter Henry um, and the crew. Yeah, if you talk to those fans, they are Taylor because he was the quarterback who ended the playoff streak. Um, you know, they hadn't made the playoffs since like 2000 one or two or something like that. And then in 2017, they made the playoffs with him as their start. Fans love him. Every interaction I've had on Twitter with Bills fans is, man, we love Tyrod Taylor. He's going to do so good for you guys. And then outside of that, it's like, well, Tyrod was trash in Buffalo. And it's like, well, it's not really true. Yeah. Um, so speaking of the draft, how did you feel about the draft? Cause me personally, I think if let's just say that they do, still trade back up for that 23rd pick, I think it was. I think Herbert is going to be there. So I think you could have drafted maybe another need with the sixth pick. Do you agree with that, or do you think it was the right decision to go with Herbert number six? I don't think Herbert would have gone – have been there at 23. I think he probably would have gone in, like, the teens. Um, you know, obviously that speculation we'll never know. The thing is for me, like looking from the outside into what the Chargers have done this offseason is all of their transactions have felt like they believe that they were close to being a contender. You know, you sign Brian Bulaga, you sign Chris Harris, you trade for Trey Turner. Uh, you do all these things that you bring in veterans from the outside signifies like, okay, we're close with polls and so taking a project quarterback at number six, and that's what Justin Hurts is is a project that didn't make sense to me the logic there didn't match up to me i would have loved to see the take you know jedrick wills at six or tristan Wirfs and isaiah simmons i think isaiah simmons and derwin is a little bit redundant but obviously if you get two of those guys you have two of the best athletes on the field at all times so i liked the draft you know i love kenneth murray i think he's going to be a great his defense i like joe reed i love kj hill um, I like Joshua Kelly, the player, you know, where they took him was questionable to me because they had so many other needs, you know, pride was in there and Bryce Hall was sitting there and Ben Barched and even a lucky foe to defensive tackle. They had so many other needs to take a running back in the fourth round after trading your third round pick. I didn't love that. I think Joshua Kelly is going to be a good addition just where they took him and, and the kind of players they passed to take him. I, I didn't love yeah, I probably would have went 
maybe Jedrick Wills with that sticks pick. If because I per, it, even if Herbert wasn't there, I think Love might have been there at twenty three. That would have been satisfied with Love. But um, thank you, thank you. You're, you're, you're Honestly. Not, I, you know, we, we I watched a ton of film and I went and raked through all these guys and you know I, I was a big Tua guy. If Tua was there at six, that would have been a no brainer for me. Obviously, that wouldn't have worked out. But if I were running the Chargers and I saw Tua go at five, I'm taking an offensive lineman and I'm taking a quarterback next year. I think next year's quarterback class, obviously, they wouldn't be in, in range for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, but. Next year has a lot of guys that I think could be legit first-round talents. And this year, you know, Justin Herbert had a lot of questions. Jordan Love had a lot of questions. And then you get to Jake Fromm and Jacob Eason, who have a lot of questions, and Jalen Hurts, who probably is a running back in the NFL, apparently. Um, So if I were running the Chargers, I would have taken an offensive lineman at six and then wait to take a quarterback next year. You know, you have a year with Tyrod, you wait and see. And then maybe you get a guy like Brock Purdy or Jamie Newman or even Trey Lance from North Dakota State next year. I think that probably would have been the way that I would have ran things. Okay. So this is a big year. This is probably like the last big, like, can they get the job done here for the Chargers? Because actually you got to pay a lot of guys. You got Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, Melvin Ingram, Desmond King. They're like a Hunter Henry who they just – franchise tagged who who should be the number one priority priority who should they like least focus on um this has been you know something we've talked about quite a bit on twitter and on the podcast and stuff like that team wise joey bosa is the most valuable player in in terms of next year's free agency wise but keenan allen with a rookie quarterback and you know theoretically justin herbert's first year starting would be next year so losing Keenan Allen, I feel like would be more detrimental to the Chargers than losing Joey Bostwood, if that makes sense. Because Keenan Allen is the team's best offensive player. You know, he's the best receiving option for a new quarterback. And so you want to have your young quarterback have that, you know, that sense of reliability that he would have with Keenan Allen. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how the cap works out, you know, with all the coronavirus stuff. We don't know. It's rumored to be decreased by like 50% which would really hurt the Chargers specifically more than other teams because they do have all these guys. Oh, the Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys because they, they got Dak. Yeah, well, that would be – I think Dak honestly leaves. Um, I think Dak probably signs elsewhere. The Chargers, come to the Chargers. No, no, no. You won't have enough cash for no. that. That's... I know, I'm joking. No. The, the Chargers already have a, a middle-tier quarterback with Tyron Taylor. They don't need another one. Um. In terms of, like, the lowest priority for me, it's Hunter Henry. I know that's kind of controversial, but, uh, you know, he's missed two – he's missed a third of his games in the NFL so far, and he plays a position where it's a very physical position. He's blocking and doing things like that. And so I'm just kind of worried about the the health situation there. And honestly, I think he isn't as good as people make him out to be on Twitter. I think he's a very good receiving option, but everybody kind of points to him as a good blocker when, you know, PFF, who's not the end-all be-all in evaluation, but PFF had him like a, a 50 grade in terms of blocking last year, which is like Trent Scott level of bad. So I think Hunter Henry, I think you could do better than Hunter Henry. I'm okay with they keep him, obviously. I'm rooting for him to stay healthy this year, but, you know, for me – Hunter Henry is probably the lowest priority. 
Morning. Sean, you want to take this one or you want me to go ahead? Uh, I'll go ahead. Um, yeah, either Joey Bosa or Keenan Allen's the correct answer. Um, then um, if there's any scenario where we could keep three of those guys, I would be happy. I doubt it, especially like with it being Bosa and, uh, and uh, Allen at the top of the list. But Ed Rusher outside the quarterback is maybe the most valuable position. Well, I understand that uh, point you made. I would probably have to pick Bosa as my uh, number one uh, priority. But Keenan Allen's a very close second. And Hunter Henry probably is the, is the last one. Or Ingram. Yeah, um, I'd say Bosa's number one just because, you know, his production is rivaled by like four or five other guys in the league. Um, and I right. know Keenan Allen is definitely a top ten receiver, ar- arguably top five. And would uh, real very much so help out Justin Herbert. Um, I think that he's got to be in second place just because of Bosa's production. Um, third place, I think, uh, is Melvin Ingram. He is being paid uh, more money actually right now than Bosa is, and with less production now. I'm not saying his production's bad. He's had you know seven sacks the last two years. He had ten and a half uh, three years ago. So he's not a bad edge rusher, but. Um, right now, being paid more than Joey Bosa is not is not really what you want. Um, a guy who's not nearly as good as Bosa being paid. So I think you know it, if you're following what I'm saying is um, his salary is going to go up because you're not going to pay the guy the same or less that you, than you were already paying him because he'll take that personally. And uh, whereas Bosa's salary is going to go way up, so I don't think that um, you can possibly re-sign Bosa and Ingram at the same time without making one of them very unhappy. Yeah, Melvin Ingram is interesting. I think he is more of like an emotional leader of the Chargers defense than he is like a production leader. Um, and unfortunately, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa haven't played a whole season together ever because one or the other has always been hurt. So it would I would love to see like a full season of what the two of them could do with 16 games with each other because we've never seen that. Um, in terms of Melvin Ingram's contract, it's tough because he's 32. He'll be 32 at the end of this season. And, you know, he, he definitely has signed a big contract. And so I think like the maximum I would give him would be like 13 million a year, which is less than what he's taking Mm -hmm. now. So I think it is possible that Melvin Ingram could take that kind of a discount. I don't know if he will. Um, but like I said, he might have to. And I can't imagine that there's going to be a, a different team that would pay him more than what he's making with the Chargers right now. So I think the best case for him right now is they just give him a two-year extension almost at the same kind of deal, which I don't think is is smart team building on the Chargers part. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's go over the AFC West now. The Chiefs are probably everybody's pick to win the division, and rightfully so. A team that I think is getting, like, very – overrated right now is the Denver Broncos. My gosh. Do you, do you, well, first off, do you buy the Drew Locke hype? I don't. I think it's ridiculous. I think Drew Locke is going to be solid. Um, I'm not expecting him to be like an elite quarterback. You know, he just – he doesn't have one thing where I can look at and say he's he's got this elite attribute. You know, he's shorter. He's got a – you know, he doesn't have a super strong arm. He's not mobile. Well, he's mobile, but he's not like crazy mobile. So he's just kind of solid across the board. What they have done is obviously surround him with a ton of weapons. I buy them 
after 2020. I think in 2020, and there's they have no off season, so they have no chemistry right now that they need to build and establish. So I think in 2021, you'll see them kind of take a leap forward. I think maybe this year they'll win nine or ten games. Um, their defense is very solid. I think the defense will keep them in games. So I don't buy them for 2020, but I do buy their future. I like the direction that uh, John Elway has them going. Yeah, we could finally say Elway had a good draft because, boy, <laughs> before this year, it's been a lot of uh, bust prospects. Uh, Warner, you want to say anything about the Broncos? Yeah, um, you know, I, I'm not buying into the hype either. Um, I think they are being uh, very much overhyped, although I do like the, the receivers that they have. They're all young guys uh, with okay. a ton of potential uh, to be, you know, starting one, two, maybe three receivers, um, like, in, in the depth chart. So I think you can look ahead uh, for those guys. Um, and then as for the offensive line, you know, it's it's not too bad. It's not like – um, porous, but it's it's not the best either. Um, and then I think it's really going to fall into Drew Locke. Now with the defense, they lost Chris Harris Jr., uh, but they still have Justin Simmons. Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb are not bad in their own right, so I think their defense is going to uh, keep them in some games. And then, um, you know, Phil Lindsay is an interesting back. He's, he's I think, slightly overrated, but he's still a productive uh, running back, so they have all the tools there, but I don't think they're going to win um, – win much this year. I think they're actually going to go uh, place fourth in the division. I think the Raiders are going to be a, maybe a game or two ahead. Yeah, I actually think that Melvin Gordon signing there uh, hurts the Broncos. I think Mil- I personally think Phil Plinzi is better than Melvin Gordon, and I'm excited to watch the Denver Broncos play and not be scared about Phil Plinzi breaking off home runs. And, you know, he, he's just electric to me. I, I don't think he's a workhorse type back. So I understand why they wanted someone to like compliment him. Um, but I view Philip Lindsay very similarly to the, to the way I view Austin Eckler where that I think he should be the primary back because he is so efficient. He's so electric. Um, I thought that Royce Freeman was okay for them because he could be like that secondary back. So that'll be interesting. The Broncos though, I, I don't know. It, it's tough to predict how a, a super young offense like this is going to develop without an, a true off season. You know, maybe they could win nine, ten games. Maybe they win four. You know, they, they to me, are like the biggest swing team in the AFC because if they won ten games, I wouldn't be surprised at all. If they won four games, I wouldn't be surprised at all because they have no offseason to, to develop this chemistry. You're going to be relying on two rookie receivers, a second-year tight end, a third-year receiver in Portland Sutton, a second-year quarterback, and, you know, a bunch of young guys on the offensive line too. So they're going to be interesting, but – it's, it's going to be very up and down to me in, in terms of wins and losses for the Broncos. Yeah, I think it's unfair, Warner, that you put the Raiders above them in terms of just like roster talent. Uh, even though I do like Derek Carr, I think he's, he's I think we underrate him a little bit, uh, but we know what he is. He's not probably ever going to reach that elite level, but also <clears throat> back to the Broncos. The Drew Locke MVP hype, what is this based off of? I'm sorry that I keep talking about this. But what is this, like, hype based off of? He, did, he didn't show a bunch of, uh, like, good things last year. So where is this hype coming from besides, like you said, two rookie wide receivers, even though they're two of the better ones from this year's class, and then Cortland, Cortland Sutton and, uh, yeah. So speaking of the Raiders, 
boy, really quickly, just imagine if they had Khalil Mack. <laughs> although, although if they did have Khalil Mack, they wouldn't have those draft picks. I think they actually used one of those picks to draft Josh, uh, Josh Jacobs, who I really like as a um, as a focal point in that offense. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess this really just comes down to your philosophy of team building. To me, you know, edge rusher is the second or maybe third most important position on a football team and they had a top five edge rusher on the team and they traded it for let's say Josh Jacobs at best is a is a top five running back and you know I, I can't even remember off the top of my head but you traded basically Khalil Mack for Cleveland Farrell who's an average edge rusher and Josh Jacobs who Josh maybe Jacobs, yeah. who maybe is a top 10 running back so to me that was a dumb decision I I understand why they wanted to get picks. I, if you're going to trade a player like Lumac, you have to nail the draft. Like there's no, you have no wiggle room in that uh-huh. fact. And that's the problem. Like I'm okay if you trade an elite player, but you have to draft elite players too. And they just they didn't. I, I, outside of tight end, I don't think the Raiders have an elite player at any position, maybe center. So the Raiders roster is just – it's confusing because they'll take a player like Khalil, like, like Cleveland Farrell at number four overall, who's solid, and then the next year they'll take a player like Henry Ruggs who showed no elite production at Alabama. He's just really fast. So I'm like, are you drafting these blue-collar guys or are you drafting elite athletes? Like there's no in-between for the Raiders and there's no cohesion in their plan. And like you said, Derek Carr, he's solid. I do think he's a little bit underrated, but he's at best like top 12 quarterback. So I don't know, man. I, the Raiders, I think, are going to be struggling this year and next year. And, and I, I just despise everything about their roster. <laughs> yeah, that is a good point you made. I don't think Henry Ruggs should have been the first receiver off the board um, or even really one of the top five receivers off the board. I think they were – I think you could name four or five guys better than uh, Ruggs just from a like a uh, a route running, you know, maybe not an athletic standpoint, but from like a, a wide receiver, a, a skilled um, wide receiver standpoint. I mean, if he were in a different situation, maybe we would have seen him produce more. But at Alabama, he was pretty much the third receiver, or maybe even the fourth behind Devonte Smith. So and Waddle, yeah. So I don't know. It, it's tough for me to really buy into someone where he didn't even have a thousand yard season once in college. I mean, he's fast. Awesome. He's fast, but Tyra Williams is fast too. And so like, I just don't get it. You know, what kind of, what kind of no roster are you building? And if you have these two guys who run f- under four fours and Tyra Williams and Henry Ruggs, you would think you would get a quarterback with a strong arm, right? That could be able to uncork it downfield. That's not Derek Carr. Derek Carr is check down king. Like he is the master of of the slice and dice model where you throw six yard passes and and hope that can carry you down the field. And so to me, Jerry Judy would have been a much better fit for what the Raiders current roster needs. But that's just my opinion. All right. So how would you who's winning the AFC West? Like put him in order. So I think the Chiefs are the favorite, and rightfully so. I uh, I could see them winning the Super Bowl again this year. I think it'll be tough, but I think they're probably one of the favorites to to get back to the Super Bowl. Um, 
I'm, I have tried really not to be biased. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but I think the Chargers will get second in the division, and then I think the Broncos and then the Raiders. I just think that overall the Chargers roster and defense is superior to what the Broncos have, and the Chargers have a fairly easy healthy. schedule. Yeah, as long as, as they're healthy. healthy. That's, always, that's always been the thing with the Chargers, right, is like if they can stay even relatively healthy, they'll be fine. Um. I just think the mix of the schedule and the roster favors more of the Chargers than it does the Broncos. Even though the Chargers, the Chargers are going to lose the game, they should win. It's just second nature. Yeah. They'll probably the lose Packers, to like the Panthers or something. Or the Bengals. Yeah. That's what, happened, that's what happened to the Packers last year. They lost to the Chargers. I mean, oh. I'm, you know I'm messing with you. But um, yeah, you, said, you, said, you said earlier that. Um, you know, Brian Belaga's replacement is, is not, not too great. Um, and he's he's an injury-prone right tackle. I mean, playing for Green Bay, he went out of games. Now, he didn't really miss games uh, very often, but he missed plays in those games. And, um, you know, seeing how those guys can step up behind him is, is going to be uh, interesting, to say the least. Yeah. That's why, to me, I would have signed a guy like Kelvin Beecham or even drafted a guy like Ben Barched or, you know, Prince Tegabonogo was there all the way until the sixth round. Um, because I'm assuming that Trey Pipkins is starting on the left tackle spot and Brian Blog is on the right spot on the right side. And if either one of those go down, then <laughs> Sam Tevy is the first guy off the board or the first guy off the bench. And, you know, I think Sam Tevy is athletic. And I think, you know, had he been able to kind of just sit and learn for a little bit more, I think maybe they could have had something. But uh, once Joe Barksdale got hurt, you know, he was thrust into to being the starter and then, they just kind of kept him there, even though Joe Barksdale came back. So the depth of the offensive line, at least on the tackles, is concerning. And to me, that's the biggest concern on the roster. Um, maybe the corner two spot with Michael Davis and Brandon Faison. But, you know, I think every team is going to have their holes. Every team is not going to be a perfect roster, except for the Ravens. The Ravens have a perfect roster. Um, but so the Chargers have a hole at left tackle and a hole outside corner. That's okay. You can manage it. And again, with Tyrod Taylor, you can do certain things, you know, bootlegs and, and run plays to kind of take the pressure off of Trey Pipkins or whoever is starting. But yeah, I think the offensive line is, that's been the story of our lives as Chargers fans, right? Ever since, you know, Nick Hardwick retired, it's been like, okay, well, the Chargers offensive line is going to be bad again. And, and you know, Maybe they're good this year, but if Trey Turner or Brian Bulaga gets hurt, then you know it's back to square one. I think it will help though having a mobile quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. Uh, yeah. you know, maybe seem to um, ease ease the wounds on that offensive line should they come. Yeah, for sure. Warner, what's your AFC West uh, record prediction? Yeah, I got to go. With the Chiefs probably eleven, twelve, maybe thirteen wins. Chargers around nine to eleven wins. I'm gonna have the uh, Raiders probably around. Six to eight wins, and then the Broncos probably around five to eight wins, um, five to, five to nine wins. So um, I think those could go either way, but I think the uh, Raiders have a, a higher floor. So I'm going to pick them go in third place. Higher ceiling or higher floor? I think the Broncos have the higher ceiling, so they could win more yeah. games. But I think if they both have the worst season, Oakland's going to win more games at the end. Yeah, that's fair, and that's really a quarterback thing because Drew Locke could be amazing or he could be terrible, whereas. Derek Carr, we know that he's going to be at least solid. So I think that's a good point. Yeah. I got the Chiefs winning the division, obviously. And then everybody else could probably go from like five to at most 10 wins. Yeah. Uh, 
But I got the Chargers in second place, Denver in third place, and the Raiders coming in last place. The Raiders are just average in everything, and it's weird, like you pointed out. They're not even even good in really any position. Maybe outside Josh Jacobs and Darren Weller. But after that, they're average at best in every uh, quality. While the Broncos, they at least have a decent receiving core, unproven but decent in terms of talent. And you got still a top five edge rusher, Warner, in Von Miller. Um, so Denver's more talented, so I'll give Denver third, third place. And we already made our edge rusher list, and, and uh, I, I, you know, I don't think Von Miller's top five. You know, the edge rusher thing to me is interesting because there's a ton of guys right now that are producing. And, you know, you look at a guy like Cam Jordan, who's getting 15, 16 sacks a year, and, like, no one's talking about him as a top five edge rusher. So, exactly. you know, there really is a ton of guys. Not having Von Miller in the top five isn't that, uh, that egregious. There's a ton of guys. No, he didn't have him in the top ten. That was my biggest problem. Oh, really? I didn't? No. I had to force J.J. Watt onto the list. You did, because he's been injured. But we saved that for another time. <laughs> all right final thing that we can start wrapping up for zoom starts to kick us out all right super bowl picks where are they if cross your fingers if there's a season yeah if there's a season i think the season will start you know i i think the nfl is going to do its best to get out there but i'm not too confident that it finishes you know maybe that's just me being pessimistic but you know the nfc i feel like is is a huge toss up. I think there's four or five teams that could legitimately win the, win the Super Bowl. And I've gone back and forth, you know, and I probably will again. Um, the AFC, it feels like the Ravens year, you know, it really does to me. I think Lamar Jackson and the continuity that the Ravens have had on offense, I think is going to pay off. And I love what they did in the draft. I love that they got Calais Campbell. You know, they brought basically everyone back and then got better. So I think the Ravens are going to come out of the AFC. And uh, our co-host Alex has really talked me into the Seahawks coming out of the NFC. You know, just they, they were really they were like a play away from really getting. I can't out of the lie, NFC I was just year. thinking about the Seahawks too. I was just thinking about the Seahawks. So it, it I think DK Metcalf is special. I think DK Metcalf is going to take that next step with Russell Wilson. Their defense with Bobby Wagner maybe is the question mark. You know, maybe he's getting up there, and they don't have that many pieces around him. Um. But to me, it feels like Ravens, Seahawks, and then I'll take the Ravens beating the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, I got to go. I think the Ravens are going to make it there. Um, I just said something about the Chiefs. I, I don't feel comfortable with them uh, going to, two years in a row. And it's not for lack of talent or, or lack of coaching. I just – something seems off in my mind. Um, and then the same with the Niners. I think they may have the best roster in the NFC, but I don't see them making it. I think I got to go with the Seahawks. Uh, Ravens, Seahawks, but I'm, I'm actually going to pick Russell Wilson to um, win that. It's just – it's so hard to repeat in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, in the – That's what makes the Patriots so extraordinary. Yeah, it really does. In 2020, with no offseason, like I could see the Chiefs and their continuity and everything and everyone coming back kind of winning the day, but it's so hard to repeat. And, and I think the Ravens have – I don't know if they have the better roster than the they Niners, but I know that they have the best they roster have, in the AFC. 
And like, the Ravens. Like you made a great point. Is there a, any, like, maybe linebacker, but even then they kind of addressed in the draft? I think uh, you could say wide receiver for the Ravens. Um, Marquise Brown is good. Uh, I like Willie Sneed, but I don't think they have that true number one target. Uh, but yeah, when you're in a run-centric offense with Lamar Jackson, yeah. those two running backs, then you don't really necessarily yeah. need a top, top of the line receiver. I, I will say Marquise Brown is like the perfect receiver for the Ravens just because he, you know, he can really take the top off and Lamar isn't super accurate, but his deep ball is nice. But really with Lamar Jackson, you just need, you know, a great tight end, which is what they have. And then a couple solid guys outside of Marquise Brown. So, you know, I agree. I think the right wide receiver position, I love Devin Duvernay coming in on one of the chargers to draft him, but you know, he's a slot guy and they already had Willie Sneed. So I can see that for sure. Yeah, but I'm going to just give mine, and we can start wrapping up. Uh, out of the AFC, I'm taking Casey. This is not a better offense in the league, in my opinion. You got the best quarterback, the best supporting cast. Like, they get the most out of everybody. Like, you put Sammy Watkins or Miko Hardeman on another team, they might not produce what they'll produce with K- in KC. And that's a good thing for Kansas City. And then uh, they have an underrated – not great, but underrated offensive line and one of the best coaches in the game. Defensively, there, there's a question mark uh, really outside of Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew. But then the NFC, can Drew Brees finally get it done? Like, I've been, I've been hoping for Drew Brees for the past three years, and we haven't gotten it. I think this year they'll get it done. Either them or I'm going to make Warner's day. Either uh, Give me them or the Packers. The Packers Thank you. the best roster in the NFC outside the 49ers in terms of, like, well-rounded offense. I mean, wide receivers, a question mark besides Adams. But besides mm-hmm. that, the Packers have one of the better uh, – one of the more well-rounded rosters in the game. I do I do want to say I would have picked the Packers, but I felt like I would get the bias card a lot, so I, I chose Seattle. Um, I'm, just, I'm just wondering where the Seattle nonsense is coming from. Where is this coming from? I mean, they were – like one play away from getting the one seed last year, man. The, the Seahawks have a great roster too. And um, the Packers are interesting. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come out this year with his hair on fire and just really ball out like we've never seen. Um, That's I crazy actually, coming from, in my opinion, the most talented quarterback ever. Yeah. I, I hate, hate, hate what they did in the draft. Their draft was so bad. Like I've never, I've, I mean, I'm I'm 26. I've never seen a team have that bad of a draft before. I, I do want to say, um, I, I, I kind of like grade. the Jordan Love pick, but everything after that was just no, like, no. Dylan in the I hate the Jordan Love pick, pick as well. The pick was and terrible. Josiah DeGura, I, I'm from Cincinnati. <laughs> I've never heard of him. And um, then you took three offensive linemen when you really didn't need to because we got good yeah. offensive linemen depth. It's always good to have those young offensive linemen, but still. I mean, we're always on the outside looking in, right? And so – I would like to think that this coach maybe has an idea of what his team needs, but you have Aaron Jones, you have Jamal Williams. Why, why are you taking a running back who I, I thought that AJ Dillon was like a fifth, sixth round running back and they took him in the second round. And that totally blew up the entire draft. Cause after that it was like, Oh shit, we got to grab our running backs. So AJ Dillon in the second round is probably one of the worst picks I've ever seen in the draft history. Jordan Love, I get. You know, I, I understand the Packers have always done this. They always want to have a, a guy waiting in the wings in terms of the quarterback. 
but can we get Aaron Rodgers some weapons, man? Thank like, you. like they and they signed Devin Funchess and we're like, nah, we're good with Devin Funchess as the second best receiver on the team with Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah, no, I, I hate like, what they, they did. Went to the NFC Championship game last year. You draft his replacement, like, yeah. like with Brett Favre. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh five, they didn't go to the NFC Championship game because that was the year the Eagles faced the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and the Eagles faced somebody else, if I recall. So they, yeah. it's, not, it's not like they were a game away from the Super Bowl. The Packers, your Packers, Warner, were one game away, and they drafted his replacement with his team yeah. on the board. I think Justin Jefferson, or he was like – or they just, just, Yeah, Jefferson got picked by the Vikings a few picks. Before. Okay, so he just uh, came off the board. But, like, still – There was a lot I, of talent. Yeah. And that's and the other thing that I don't understand – yeah. The other thing I don't understand, too, is like, okay, so you draft Aaron Rodgers' future replacement, right? Wouldn't you think that in the next round you want to get Aaron and Jordan Love a weapon to, like, build exactly. with in the future? Like, And there were still good second and third round receivers on the board. And uh, This was probably the best receiver class that we've ever seen. You know, next year might top that. But so far up to this point, this receiver class was amazing. And the Packers needed a receiver like desperately needed. And they didn't take a single one. Yeah. They could have taken like Isaiah Coulter from Rhode Island in the sixth round. I think that would have been, um, that would have been great. You, know, you guys could have signed an undrafted free agent receiver. So I don't know if that counts for anything. If I'm a Packers fan, I'm cool with 2020. Like I'm feeling good about it. Maybe 2021, but after that, I'm I'm nervous. Yeah, the tides are turning, Warner. <laughs> All right, but to to clarify, give me the Chiefs and the Saints. Breeze, gosh, can he get can he get there for one last time? I think this is gonna be Breeze's last year. We just did a film breakdown. Breeze's arm is like it's it's, it's gone. It's, it's completely gone. gone. It was never good, but it's completely gone now. Yeah. Uh, I think Brees is going to retire after this year, especially if he can get a chip. But the Chiefs are going to repeat, and if not, the Saints are going to win. So give me Saints-Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't know who will win that. That would be a fun Super Bowl. That would be fun. It, it really has always felt like the last four years, it's always felt like in June, July, it just always has felt like the Saints year. And then they just have some crazy playoff I think I picked the Saints loss. last year, too. I picked the Saints and they last just year. The Vikings <laughs> overtime thing and – yeah. It's just it's just over. Can can the Vikings just not make the playoffs, please? So I could be right. Like that that would be that'll be well. But um yeah, thank you, Steven, for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Uh make sure you guys go check out the Guilty as Charged podcast. Link will be down below in the description. Warner, thank you for coming back as always. Uh thank you for watching Sports Headlines, the most authentic place in sports. Thank you, Steven, again. See you guys in the next episode. Thanks for having me.